This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, it's time to play radio. I'm your radio host, at least for the next half hour. My name is Adam Ritz. Joining me on the phone is Jay Baker. Jay, are you ready to play radio? Oh, I can't wait. I've heard a lot about it. I think I have the potential to try and do my best. You might be uh, you might be okay at this. I mean, you've only been yeah, doing radio for, what, 40 years now? 40? About, about, about 40 years. About 40 yeah, years. And I'm almost uh, good enough now to, to do something. Well, you just keep <laughs> plugging along, and maybe this radio uh, thing will, will pay off for you. Maybe you can get off of the Adam Rich Show and join a... Uh, a show that's actually on uh, prime time on your on your drive home on a Friday afternoon. That'd be too uh, wild. Yeah, we're early mornings usually on most of our stations, uh, coast to coast, and we cover public affairs topics and issues. And uh, I want to start off with a uh, a little, uh, I guess, charity or a organization that helps plant trees, or I guess I should say it's an initiative that plants trees. I never heard of this. Uh, well, I've heard of planting trees. I'm, I, I'm not saying I haven't heard sure. of that. I haven't heard of this. There is a, a search engine, much like Google or Yahoo, or Yahoo, rather. Yahoo, that's a chocolate milk. Uh, that, that's a totally different thing. Uh, Yahoo, or uh, was it Ask Jeeves? Remember that one? Oh, uh, yes. Bing. Well, there's another search engine that for the last 11 years, this search engine is called Ecosia. Have you heard of that one, Ecosia? No, that yeah, sounds obscure. I haven't even heard of that search engine, but they've been around for 11 years, and they use most of their revenue from advertising on their website towards planting trees. Very interesting. Isn't that amazing? I think that's uh, cool. This month alone, they planted their 100 millionth tree. So I just thought that was fascinating that, there's a a there's a search engine I've never heard of. Uh, B they've been around for eleven years. C they give most of their revenue from advertising towards planting trees. What a great altruistic cause that is. Uh, and then uh, what am I up to? E E they just planted their one hundred millionth tree. So hats off to Ecosia, and I know uh, a lot of our listeners, uh, you know, including me, even even the talkers are going to Google. Actually, maybe we should Ecosia. We will Ecosia Ecosia to find out more about this search engine uh, and maybe help them plant their 101 millionth tree. Wow. Uh, Another uh, story that uh, came across my desk this week, uh, some of these are just for fun. Uh, Some of them actually do have something to do with public affairs, but uh, a review of major studies found that, one, and, and I brought this up for you, Jay, because we do a lot of uh, our content based on major studies throughout the mm-hmm. world. There are a lot oh, of yeah. reputable scientific organizations that do studies, and we rely on those studies to you know, give health advice and, and other advice. Well, a review of major studies found that one-third of the things that studies say are good for you turned out to be actually bad for you. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I guess that makes sense. So this it? is a study that found that major studies are 33% wrong. Ah. So, you know, well, what that means, they're, they're still 66% right. So maybe that next study you hear, uh, take it with a grain of salt. Maybe don't plan your entire life around it. If you hear a study that says sugar or cigarettes are good for you, that you know, who knows who did that study? You can absolutely <laughs> bank on the fact that 33% of the study is going to be wrong no matter what. Uh, well, and you hit on famously, remember, everyone vilified coffee, that coffee was very detrimental to your health. And then they found out, well, in moderation, coffee's just fine or seemingly just fine. I guess if they do another study, we might find out otherwise. But yes, point well taken. I think studies too uh, failed to neglect that most things should be moderate. Like if you say, I'd like to increase my water intake, you might drink maybe two or three extra glasses that day, not an extra gallon. It just, that's just me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great <laughs> point too. When you hear about these studies and what they're recommending, maybe don't go all in on the information 100%. Just try to uh, filter through it as you like. Know that 66% of it's probably true and good for you. And uh, maybe don't count uh, every single, or, or I guess don't place every single chicken or egg in that basket. Is it chicken or egg? It's, it's egg. Don't place all of your eggs. I think you have to put eggs. the egg in the basket. The yeah. egg comes before the chicken in, in <laughs> 66% of the analogies used on this show. Uh, here's another one. For the third consecutive year, Arlington, Virginia is named the fittest city in the United States. The fittest. Hmm. So according to uh, annual rankings compiled by the American College of Sports Medicine, uh, Arlington, Virginia has uh, the most in-shape people. So if you're looking for that active lifestyle, that might be a, a good town, area, region, locale to put on your possible living um, uh, resume so that you can partake in their fittest city activities around uh, the East Coast. Have you been to Arlington, Virginia? I have, and that makes sense. There's a lot of young professionals there, and uh, so that's cool that they've got the health vibe. Traditionally, you know, uh, San Diego has always been, you know, way up there on the fittest cities list. That's but, right. Uh, it's kind of cool in East Coast town where they actually have some weather. So, yeah, if you want to go out and run in the wintertime there, you got to, you know, dress up. Denver, Colorado usually has a lot of uh, activity, yep. outdoor activity, skiing, snowboarding, mountain climbing, hiking and rock climbing and uh same with boise idaho i've heard great things about boise idaho uh people that haven't been to boise maybe like to uh make fun of it for being uh, out in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do au contraire it's a, a beautiful part of the country with a lot to do i think it's one of those communities where you know nine out of ten vehicles has some sort of vehicle strapped to it like a bicycle or a right. uh, snowboard kayak. or a kayak or something. So uh, we commend those who are getting out and about, staying uh, fit. Uh, here's something else that fall. You, we, we can categorize this as uh, health advice. Uh, and I was shocked and saddened to find this out. But, Jay, there is no five-second rule. Oh, no kidding. There so is no five-second rule. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, we've all dropped – uh, a cookie on on the floor, and you justify eating it by thinking, "Hey, five seconds. Um, 
and it's okay. Uh, that's the five-second rule. I'm sure everybody's heard of that. Well, that's completely unscientific <laughs> to think that that five seconds is the benchmark. And if you can get it off the floor in five seconds, you're, you're safe. Um, well, and then here's something ironic. I'd always felt like the five-second rule had emanated from your household because I worked in another place for a while that knew your daughters, someone knew your daughters, and supposedly they assured them that, oh, no, if you drop something five seconds, you're good. Yeah. Like your daughters are like scientists, you know, so apparently their study was incorrect. According to scientists at Clemson University, they found that bacteria is transformed, I'm sorry, transferred rather, transferred from tabletops, floors to the food definitely within five seconds. Oh, so the five-second rule is not an accurate guide when it comes to eating food that you've dropped onto the floor. The germs are quicker <laughs> than you think. Now, <laughs> Those are some fast germs. Have you had uh, an old friend, uh, sort of a, a Bluto type of guy, who John Belushi <laughs> type of guy, who who would go maybe five minutes, use the five-minute rule? <laughs> five-minute rule. <laughs> uh, well, oh. five seconds, according to scientists, is, uh, is enough time for bacteria to transfer to your food. I think you actually uh, saved somebody yes. today by giving that. So those are some of the stories that I saw this week that I thought applied to the world of public affairs. Uh, you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Uh, underwritten by Vibonomics. Vibonomics is an audio software platform providing in-store music and promotional voiceover messages with advertising inside retail stores across America. You can learn more about them at Vibonomics.com. There's a link to their website on our website, adamrichshow.com. Jay Baker, how are you feeling this week? What do you got for us? Well, I tell you what, I have some notes on some various topics, not unlike what you just shared with us. One of them is a sporting topic. NASCAR just had their all-star race this last week, and it, they did it at a, uh, a race uh, course that actually could allow, through state law, et cetera, to allow some spectators in as long as they were socially distant. And they uh, estimate that about 20,000 people saw that NASCAR race. And that's been the largest uh, attended sporting event since the winter. It's kind of hard to imagine that, isn't it? Yeah, 20,000 people uh, at a sporting event. That would not be that big of a deal just six months ago. But uh, that is that is quite amazing that they, they pulled that off. I, I did see that um, there were masks uh, mandated. You had to wear a mask to the event. Right. But uh, officials did note that once fans got in their seats, they took the masks off. Yeah, it's difficult, I think, to mandate mask use. And then, like you said, once you're seated, the most difficult part for any of these stadiums or race courses is just getting the fans through the stands because, you know, there's always an entrance point. And so that makes it a little more difficult. But at least uh, it's exciting. I know people are talking about, quote, the new normal. So something that is happening is the recurrence of sporting events. One thing that is interesting, too, is the Ivy League decided no fall sports whatsoever, but most of the other major conferences are looking at either um, 
doing conference only games or waiting to see. So, you know, one of the more famous conferences, the Big Ten, is going to do conference only games. And you're a big sports fan. How does that make you feel heading into the, you know, the football season, which you and I know we love the fall anyway, because it's that time of year. But, you know, most people just love football. And I think this kind of changes how you might view your favorite collegiate football team. I am a sports fan. More specifically, if I had to pick just one sport, it is college football. And I'm not alone there. I know a lot of people uh, just love college football. Even if you love football, maybe you're not into the NFL as much as college football. There's just something about a hundred plus teams all fighting to win the national championship uh, with the conferences and that they're, you know, 18 to 22 year olds. And some of the, some of the schools uh, or players, you know, aren't, I I hate to say it this uh, critically, but they're not that good. I mean, at the NFL level, every player is an elite player. So that that does make for, uh, I guess, a better product. But um, I do like watching the college level because there's more mistakes and which makes the great plays even better, I guess, is what I'm saying. So if you have uh, an amazing 50-yard touchdown play, uh, it just makes that play seem a little bit more special on the college ranks because there's so many players on the field that are not going to make it to the NFL. Anyway, I digress to how I feel about this change. Uh, I am a Big Ten fan. Uh, they did announce that they're only going to do in-conference games. My initial gut reaction was disappointment because I've been looking forward to the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game at Lambeau uh. Field. For years yes. since they announced that game. Well, it's out of conference. They're not going to play that game. Uh, but when I step back and swallow my disappointment, overall, I guess I'm pleased that it, they're at least at this point still planning on having a season. If I were a fan, uh, or more specifically, even a player in the Ivy League, I'd be so upset right now um, that the whole season's been canceled. All fall sports have been canceled. The fall semester is all online. And I do also realize that uh, in the scheme of things, we're talking health, life, which is entirely more important than a three-hour football game. Uh, And if it came down to it um, and it meant that more people would live or not get sick, I'd happily not watch football this year. Uh, So I guess we just got to play it by ear and see see how it progresses. I won't be surprised at all if – other conferences, including the Big Ten, the you know, in the Southeastern Conference, Pac-12, the big ones, start canceling their seasons too. And I know you know you're yeah. talking money too. SEC. I did read somewhere that there is no chance the Southeastern Conference will cancel their season. There's too much money to be made. They'll figure it out somehow. That's a great point. You know, uh, one of the greatest uh, stories that I ever read. Uh, was the impact on Penn State when they had their football program canceled. And this writer of this article had pointed out, hey, in this town, in Pennsylvania, this is the biggest, most important thing. It employs dozens beyond or hundreds of people. Uh, Many people rely very heavily on the income that they get from either helping or being part of the town, meaning places to eat, places to stay. Mm -hmm. So they were pointing out, just as you just did, that, you know, one sporting 
event or one team can really make a huge difference. The other part of this is, is like you said, the selfish component is, hey, I wanted to see these great games. You know, uh, there's millions of Clemson fans, Alabama fans, Notre Dame fans that are going to truly miss their football or uh, even if they get a truncated version of it. So, you know, it is amazing to think of the uh, ripple effects when you're talking about campus bars or taverns or uh, eateries that have had a rough summer. They have a bad, you know, most of their businesses gone over the summer anyway, throw in the summer of COVID, and they are hanging by a thread waiting for the fall so they can make some revenue and keep their livelihood. And as soon as they announce that the season may not happen or will not happen, there are dozens of restaurants that are just going to immediately close because they know they're not going to survive through the winter without having the fall sports fans coming on campus yeah it's uh it's a very tough trying year uh we keep talking about uh new challenges uh almost weekly with uh the pandemic so uh that's why we do this show adam we want to be that beacon of light uh that says hey uh we can all get through this together uh in the month of july adam you there's some great Uh, Month of July events, uh, some of them have passed, but some of them just bring to light some of the things that we as Americans should focus heavily on. Believe it or not, in July, there's a Town Crier's Day. Now, this was (laughs) pre-Twitter. Before there was Twitter, before there was your daily newspaper, you had to rely on getting your news from a guy who would walk into the town square and just yell out, typically hear ye, hear ye, and would give you the news. Much like uh, the young lady in the cafeteria in the, in the film Meatballs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was gossip, could have been fake news, or they could have been true headlines. What year was the last town crier? You know, we have not done enough research to determine (laughs) the exact moment when the town crier sensation died down. It must have been uh, in 1989 when the Internet hit. You know, what's funny was like exactly what you said. You know, there were a handful of town criers who were being told by their uh, peers, you know, this isn't going to last forever. And they, you know, poo pooed it, you know, like, oh, don't worry. This is going to last forever. <laughs> like Betamax <laughs> or the Laserdisc. Now, for those of us that are a little tired of the 24-hour news cycle, you mentioned meatballs. Wouldn't it be great if there was a guy like Bill Murray that just gave a general announcement to the camp, meaning the world, each morning on the PA mic? We That'd need, be a lot more uh, fun and yes. a lot more uplifting. How, how can we get the, the microphone to be hooked up to a worldwide PA? Just take over everybody's <laughs> speakers on their laptop. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll uh, work on that. Absolutely. It's uh, also World UFO Day is celebrated during July because apparently we just can't let this one go, Adam. We need to keep rehashing. In fact, I saw a great old sitcom the other day where a guy... <laughs> He was uh, he was within 1,200 miles of Roswell, New Mexico, and he was begging the guys in the car, let's go into Area 51. So, you know, this canard just never seems to stop. And, you know, 2020 has been a great year for UFOs. I mean, there have been documented. Oh, sure. And 
just by definition, they are, they're flying, they're objects, and you cannot identify them. So that doesn't exactly mean they're aliens. Maybe they are. No, I, we don't know. No, they're just absolutely. unidentified. And there's been a lot of video evidence this year of things that are unidentified. I don't know if they're sunspots, weather balloons. Uh, what's the, the quote from the alien show my girlfriend loves so much? I'm not saying it's oh, aliens, but it's all, aliens. That's, right. that's it's the line. Right, it's aliens. Yeah. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. The truth uh, is out there. Um, yeah, so, you know, I hate to go back to something you said, but d- did you say National Cr- Town Crier Day? Well, yes, or, National Town Crier Day is celebrated in July. I, I just, I, I, I got to wonder if, if there's a day for that, somebody, <laughs> some community or organization somewhere has to have some sort of celebration for that. We've got to find well, out where National Town Crier Day is celebrated. I mean, they've got to have people on the on the county seat steps yelling out information during a party. Oh. Don't you think there has to be a National Town Crier Day? You would think. And, um, you know, the town crier thing, as you said, it's a lost art. But you know that there's somebody out there, much like there's still a guy that loves barbershop quartets. There's a town crier guy that has a town crier suit and is pretty good at it. I, I know you just offended our barbershop quartet audience uh, by <laughs> equating so equating a lost art that doesn't exist with something as fantastic as four gentlemen singing in harmony. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> okay, so so National UFO Awareness Day. Let's get caught yes. up. I'm sorry to go backwards, but let's oh, go forwards. Oh, no, 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 no. World UFO Day. And as you said, it has been more of a, it has been a, 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 a more event-filled year 2020 for that. We just don't have any pictures. And you would think, despite all the camera phones, we'd have a bevy of UFO pictures just saying, but we'll wait and see. I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment till we, well, till we see the actual uh, UFO dudes themselves. And after the year we've had, 2020, the uh, aliens that were thinking about coming here probably won't. Uh, oh. Did you see that? I saw a meme recently that that said uh, aliens fly by Earth and lock their doors. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny uh, and probably very true. Uh, it's uh, bagpipe month. I know, speaking of barbershop quartets, who doesn't enjoy a great bagpipe? It's uh, it's an instrument that's, of course, associated with Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I will say this about bagpipes. They are amazing when they're played uh, at a remembrance or a funeral. Have you ever been to one where someone played Amazing Grace on a bagpipe? Uh, yeah, a- immediate emotions. When you hear yes. the bagpipe, uh-huh, for sure. The lone bagpipe. The tradition behind the bagpipe is that because the instrument drones the way it is, that Scotsmen used to get their armies in line, start droning with the bagpipes to actually scare their opponents. It is intimidating now that you bring it up. Yes. Yeah, it's a you, very intimidating instrument. In fact, yeah, if you showed up in my front yard at 4 o'clock this morning playing the bagpipe, I'd be a little frightened. Well, uh, most people would, uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say, Jay, it, for for those who are looking for some bagpipe pop culture, I would recommend a film called So I Married an Axe Murderer oh, with Michael Myers from yes. uh, 
uh, Austin Powers fame. It was one of his earlier films, and he plays a he plays himself as his Scottish father, and at their uh, at a wedding uh, reception, they're all dressed in kilts, and there's a Scottish uh, singer and a band, and there's bagpipes and. Yeah, so that that's a great re- pop culture reference. Um, was it the famous line, "Piper Down"? That's right. That appeared the in bag, that film. The bag Piper overexerts himself. <laughs> he runs out of breath and passes out, and the line is "Piper Down." <laughs> Piper Down. Yes, sir. That's a that's a must see moment oh. in cinematic history. Huge points now, to you for for calling that line out. Awesome. Oh, Piper Down. Piper Down. And uh, you'll be surprised by this fun fact, but most bagpipes come from Pakistan. No. There is still a burgeoning bagpipe industry, and it's located in Pakistan. Who would have thought? What a, what a bar bet someone's going to win uh, when they say, where are bagpipes most highly produced? And wouldn't you want to go there just to go to the bagpipe factory yeah so that you could yell piper down down. to the guy who's showing you around unbelievable well well, this is lasagna awareness month adam and uh this falls under the category of uh, most of my research indicated that there's no such thing as bad lasagna that is true i uh, have never had bad lasagna some are better than others some are quite outstanding but i've never had a terrible one Never had a terrible one. Of interest, uh, there used to be a, a place at our state fair that featured lasagna. On particularly hot days, I kind of noticed that the lasagna was not a big seller. <laughs> <laughs> state fair is very popular during the summer months, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a if it's a one hundred ten heat index who who'd be in the line for lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you could put it on a stick and somehow get it into a deep fryer, probably not going to sell. And that lasagna-flavored snow cone never really took off either. No. It's interesting you brought up snow cones because, believe it or not, we celebrate Slurpee Day in July. Mm, makes uh, sense. They kind of have the Slurpee. And once again, this is inconclusive because no one knew to keep the proper records at the time. But the Slurpee supposedly emanates from the convenience store chain 7-Eleven. Now, they have the trademark on that, right? No other store can use the word Slurpee. So uh, that happens on July 11th, which is 7-Eleven. That's Slurpee Day. for What a great marketing idea for that company. I think so, too. Uh, you know, the Slurpee is kind of a lost art. I've always said that the Slurpee machine needs to be calibrated perfectly to really get the optimal Slurpee. And, well, you know, when we were kids, it was um, maybe maybe you found blue raspberry, but for the most right. part, it was just it was a frozen Coke. Uh, right. That was the flavor. And now, my goodness, you walk into a convenience store, there are 27 flavors of slushies and Slurpees. Anything you want. I think yeah, anything you want. Eight of the flavors are just Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Every the single Dew company of, is making millions. Yeah. I, they probably sell more <laughs> slushies than they do soda. It is also grilling month. I know this is a time when uh, guys who don't even know what they're doing are out grilling, and that's why we're the great country that we are, Adam. Can I give you some grilling advice? 
Sure. This is something that's not going to surprise you because uh, you've seen me at the uh, the office uh, cafeteria. Uh, but I will not eat a cheeseburger any longer unless it's on a pretzel bun. Ah. Uh, so I have mass pr- uh, purchased pretzel buns. I have them frozen in my freezer. Uh, so they don't go bad, and I pull out a bag when I have the last one of the previous bag. And if we're ever going to um, a fast food joint to swing by to grab a burger, I bring a pretzel bun with me, and I take that restaurant's burger off their bun and put it on my pretzel bun. It is the most fantastic way to enjoy a burger. And everyone, and I didn't invent it. I just, I just remember the first time I had one, and I, and it changed my life forever. So now. I share that love with everyone I know, and it's transferred. I have friends and family members now that, too, will not eat a burger unless it's on a pretzel bun. See, I knew that you love pretzel buns. I didn't know that you went to the, such a degree where you'd swap out the you know, the burger that I, you were eating onto, uh, you know, put it onto the I pretzel I will tell bun. you, I went to the drive-in last weekend and I brought a pretzel bun with me because I knew I was going to get a, a, a cheeseburger at the drive-in's uh, snack bar. <laughs> well, Isn't I that interesting? You. Don't you feel No, that? I think it's cool. All I've right. never met anybody that loves uh, cheeseburgers more there's, than you. There's so some information sense. that could save your life someday. Uh, thank you, Jay Baker, for, for joining <laughs> me and sharing uh, all of your knowledge with us and the listeners. Uh, for anyone that wants to catch up on past episodes of this show, you can find them all on demand at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.